Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we actually sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? We've been processing these things, and our leadership is praying for all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Joe. How are you? Good looking. Oh, wow. Man, that's See what a I did there? little internal throwback there. If you're watching on YouTube, you know it's true. <laughs> Uh, so for those of you that don't know, man, our, one of our key patriarchs of the Grace Church movement is Bob Combs, yep. and without fail, as sure as he breathes oxygen, if you ask him how he's doing, he answers... I'm the good-looking pastor. I yep. mean, every time. <laughs> and yeah, I won't go any farther. It's great. He's awesome. Who was Frodo's uncle and... Fro- uh, Frodo... Bilbo? Bilbo. He looks like Bilbo. <laughs> Old Bilbo, though, at the end, when they all go off to the fairyland. Oh, my gosh. You're not wrong. And if you're listening to this, somebody tell him I said that. Oh, my gosh, you're not wrong. He'll He'll think that's the funniest thing that's ever happened. That's so good. And, you know, for for two men that aren't short, it kind of feels that way with him, too, because he's not not tall. Yeah, he's not tall at all. (laughs) I'm not that. I'm only six foot, but I tower over Bob. Oh, yeah. You you are gargantuan compared to him. I feel a little bit Goliath to his David, a little bit. (laughs) So, oh, man. Well, Jeff, you know, this whole podcast is based off of mixed messages and lots of different voices and opinions coming in from all different sides. And our goal is, of course, to point toward, like, what would Jesus have us do in the midst of that opinion turmoil? And today's topic certainly is going to land right there. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've actually had a few of our listeners uh, write in and ask questions about the Second Amendment and uh, the rights and the gun violence and all that. So I want to read these to kind of set the stage. Um, One of our listeners writes, in light of the overwhelming number of mass shootings and uh, Innocence of gun vi- or incidents of gun violence in our country. What should a Christ follower's stance on gun control be? Obviously, the underlying issue is a spiritual one that can't be solved by gun control. However, other countries that seem to be less Christian in population and, and, and government influence have less gun violence per capita by an overwhelming margin. So why are so many Christians so outspoken against gun control, and why wouldn't we try to regulate weapon access more strictly as a tool to improve this problem? We need prayer for our country and spiritual revival, but why do some Christians argue against gun control even if it's only a part of the solution? Now, our other another listener writes with a, a slightly different voice, and I, I love kind of their, their positioning too, their heart for learning. Uh, For years, they've actually been a supporter of the Second Amendment. They actually don't have a gun, um, but they they, they think back to why this amendment was even there in the first place. Uh, The forefathers needed a way to protect themselves in an abusive government. I totally see that concern that current Americans have uh, if a a government tries to take our guns away. However, could our forefathers have predicted the evil that has ransacked our country— I hear reports that our country is the worst country for mass shootings. Maybe that's false, but either way, how can we as Christians continue to passively say, my heart is breaking for these families, 
yet passionately fight for our rights to own assault rifles. It's one thing to want to hunt deer, but an assault rifle? Is it too liberal for me to think or to question why we're fighting so hard to preserve an amendment that's constantly being abused and taking so many lives? We're pro-life, except when it comes to guns? Why is this? I'm really trying to have a biblical perspective on defending the right to carry, and yet say enough is enough for all of this gun violence. Mm So. Jeff, they're right. Both of these listeners are right. Things are a mess, and certainly um, we need Jesus' perspective on this. Can you try to help us out with that? Sure. Uh, I can try. Um, let me let me, let me me free flow here for yeah, a minute, for right, it. and just kind of put some thoughts and logic out. So first of all, there is no biblical right for the right to carry a weapon, uh, there's no biblical right for the right to drive a car, to own a house, uh, to have air conditioning. Um, there's no biblical right for vacation. There's no biblical right for so so any either side that tries to biblicize this argument is perverting the scripture. Um, this is not an issue. Uh, the owning a gun is not an issue of morality. Uh, any more than owning a car is an issue of morality. It is a piece of metal, and both are deadly Mm -hmm. uh, when used incorrectly. So uh, to say Jesus is pro-gun is dumb. Uh, To say Jesus is anti-gun is also dumb. Um, I think we, we must be very, very careful as Christ followers to not spiritualize a political issue. There's no biblical right to vote. Uh, there's no biblical right to free speech. Mm. So these are cultural rights and cultural laws that have uh, advantages and disadvantages to them. Uh, they, these are not biblical issues. Um, there is a moral uh, uh, or you could say biblical mandate to protect the innocent. Mm-hmm. And there is a biblical mandate to not murder. Mm-hmm. And so a gun can do either one of those things. So guns of themselves are not, they're amoral. Mm-hmm. They have no morality to them, right? Um, because you can kill somebody with a deer rifle as easily as you can kill somebody with an AR 15. Mm-hmm. And you can hunt, and a lot of people do, by the way, hunt with an AR 15. Um, and and you can kill with an AR-15. So uh, we have to be very careful that we don't moralize something that has no morality to it, mm-hmm. right? Now, when you then go to that question, I thought it was a very thoughtful question. Could our forefathers have predicted the evil that has ransacked our country? Um, the answer is yes and no. Mm-hmm. So the evil that our forefathers were uh, addressing with the Second Amendment was a tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. They were not addressing a godless population. And I think that's important to remember, you know, um, the, the, uh, as a people, now, if you're what I'm about to say, if you're not willing to like actually listen to what I'm about to say, just turn it off right now because I do not want the emails about it. So do we have an agreement? Okay. As a people, we want the authorities to hesitate before they enter our home. Sure. 
And that's what the forefathers had in mind, that when the British government would barge into your home, they wanted the government to be thoughtful that there was a gun on the other side of that door that would equalize the engagement between a tyrannical government and an innocent citizenry, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I am as pro-police as I can be, recognizing that there's always bad cops, like there's always bad pastors. Mm-hmm. But we want the police to knock. We want them to have to have a search warrant. We don't want to be Stalinist Russia mm-hmm. or ISIS and so that's what was on the forefathers' mind. That was the purpose, so to say, of the, of the Second Amendment. And then also, in that time, if you wanted to eat, you had to hunt. Right. <laughs> so a gun was a tool more than a toy, right? What I don't think they envisioned was a godless citizenry where God was forsaken. They would have never envisioned abortion or infanticide. Uh, they would have never envisioned uh, uh, crime going unaddressed. They, they would have never envisioned. They envisioned a citizenry that had a, I'll call it a respect of God and a respect of morality. So no, they would have never envisioned a school shooting. Yeah. They would have never envisioned a, a racist attack in a grocery store in New York. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, that that is not the purpose or the thought behind the Second Amendment. Okay, so to answer those two questions, our, our listeners are both right, and 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 depending on what they mean, maybe both wrong. I don't know, but but like that's the perspective of of what that is. I actually believe when it comes to gun control, gun control to me is like taxes. So taxes are whatever the people ultimately determine they want them to be. Mm. So we vote on tax issues, and we vote politicians in and out and political parties in and out based on how they are going to deal with the tax code. It's a governmental issue that has a governmental freedom. By the way, we do the same thing with alcohol. We do the same thing with marijuana. We do the same thing with how old you should be when you get a driver's license. Mm-hmm. Those are governmental things that we, the people, have spoken to or yielded to and said that's, that's okay with us that the government set those things. So when we talk about should we have an AR-15 or should you be 21 before you're allowed to buy one or should there be a registry or should there be – I would look at that and I'd be like, if that's what the people want, yes. That that has nothing to do with removing a right from a constitution. That has everything to do with regulating or interpreting how that right plays out. That happens to us all the time. You know, uh, we all know that free speech is not me yelling there's a bomb on the plane as a joke. Right. Right? I don't have the right or the freedom to use my speech that way. I do have the freedom to use my speech for religious purposes, for political purposes. So I don't have the right to do with a gun whatever I want to do with a gun. Right. And the government regulates that. And right now in the political system, 
they are fighting for those regulations, and we, the people in our system, are speaking into that. We're, uh, that's why it's a election issue. We'll, we'll push people in, take people out based on our opinion about how that should be used. To me, that is not a moral issue. That's a cultural issue. And I think that people have the right to have their view of how that cultural issue should play out. That's why you can be drafted into the army at 18, but you can't buy a beer till you're 21. That's a cultural issue, right? Mm -hmm. And we as a culture have collectively agreed that that's how we want our culture to work, and we do that through a political process. I think for the Christ follower, what I really encourage you to do is not be drawn into this as a moral issue. Because what this is, this is a moral issue that has been politicized. It's like abortion. There, there is no ambiguity in the scripture of whether you should kill a child that was uh, formed and thought of before the foundations of the world were laid. Mm-hmm. So God is not ambu- ambiguous about the value of a child's life. God is not ambiguous about murder, mm-hmm. right? Um murder is not something that we're debating as a culture. Right. We're not like, gosh, should we legalize it? You know, so so that's this is this is not a moral debate. It's a political or a cultural debate. We have this right. Do we want it? Because that can be a quite you can amend the constitution. And how since we have it, how do we want it to to play out? What I would caution the Christian about is is being savvy that a political issue is being spiritualized. I just did some quick internet research uh, because I knew we were going to talk about this. The average amount of people killed in car accidents since 2020, this is the U.S. government statistics, is 11,654 people a year. It's 32 people a day or someone is killed every 45 minutes. Why aren't we regulating cars differently? Because there's not a political win. Many more deaths. Why wouldn't we do that? It's a machine just like a gun is a machine. It's a machine that's regulated. It's a machine that you have to be licensed for. It's just like we would we would apply those standards to the gun. It's not the machine. It's the person. And the, the by the way, those deaths were um uh they called what did they call it? They're like unnatural, it's drinking and driving, the, the texting and driving, those kind of things. So I'm like, be careful now that we've moralized a machine called a gun, but have not moralized a machine called a car. That's a political trick. Mm-hmm. Um, I CDC, in the last 10 years, the average number of drownings per year is 3,957. Why aren't we regulating water? Mm-hmm. Ban- it's a thing, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and it's killing people. And I'm like, it's a political trick. A gun is a thing. 
and it's used by someone with a morality. Mm-hmm. Politically, then, it becomes a football, a political football. And I'm saying to the Christ follower, you land on any, either side of that political process that you want. If you believe that uh, assault weapons should be banned or that there should be a red flag law, or that you should wait till you're 20. I'm like, you should vote for that. That is a honest, true conviction that you have the freedom to have. Don't spiritualize that conviction. If you believe that uh, everybody should have the right to carry a gun wherever, whenever, and it's our right, and it doesn't matter if it's a, a 12-gauge shotgun or a, a fully automatic uh, machine gun pistol. That's a political conviction. Mm -hmm. And you have the right in our system to act on that political conviction. 99.9% of gun owners have never killed anybody. And they won't. Uh, Most most, uh, death through guns comes from people who never interact with the legal system to purchase the gun anyways. We'll, we'll highlight the mass shooter like in Texas who was 18, bought the gun. We're not talking about the five, 600 deaths a year in Chicago mm-hmm. with illegal guns. So, so we, as, as the Christ follower, I'm not minimizing the death. No, no. I'm like, don't be caught... If you think a way and you agree that the way to minimize automobile deaths is to mandate the wearing of seatbelts, then you should vote for the politicians who mandate it. If you think the, the way to minimize the, the, the amount of motorcycle deaths is to mandate that you wear a helmet, then you should vote to do that. If you think that gun control, however you define it, is the way, then you should do that. Mm -hmm. But don't look at your brother or sister in Christ who disagrees with you politically or culturally and say, I'm on Jesus' side and you're not. Right. Because that there is no biblical way to do that. So that that's why, like, I'll get um, I'll get emails. I'll get a ton after this conversation. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but I'll get conversations, uh, things like this, about all kinds of things. You need to speak about this, and I'm like, no, that that is worked out in the culture. Um, you need to you need to speak against abortion. I do all the time. Why'd you pick that one? Are, are you a, are you a right wing conservative? No, it's it's in the scripture. The scripture does not, well, you need to protect your family. I can protect my family a thousand different ways, Yeah. right? Um, I, I, can, I can do that with a gun. I can do that with a baseball bat. I can do that with a dog. Like, those are, I don't argue that I should protect my family. How I do that, well, God will want you to do it with a gun. Well, there weren't guns <laughs> for Thousands and thousands. There were no guns when when Jesus was on the earth, Mm -hmm. but He would want me to protect my family. That you're talking about a method, then, right? But if I choose to protect my family with a gun, 
or I want to go deer hunting, or I like shooting because it is a it is a sport. I like shooting. I'm like, well, that's great. Um, I think guns should go to this level, but not fully automatic. I'm like, well, you got a real uh, you got a real legitimate conversation there. Mm-hmm. If you take one gun away, you start to get into all guns. I'm like, you got another good conversation. Uh, Australia doesn't have as much gun violence. That's a really good point. The government confiscated citizens' private property. If they take their guns, why can't they take their cars and make them drive battery-powered cars? I'm like, that logic is not false. Those are political issues that the will of the people have to speak to. Mm -hmm. Jeff, I think that this is uh, something that I hope all of our listeners are trying to couch themselves almost outside of the polarized conversation for a second, because so many of the examples you gave would deeply impact, quote-unquote, both sides. You know, taking a hard look, being willing to have the conversations, um, realizing that it's not a moral issue on either side. Like, I hope that we're not just kind of hearing that thing where you're, like, nudging your neighbor, like, you hearing this? You know, but it's like, this is something we all need to internalize. And and what what we're doing, guys, and I just want you to be like uh, savvy about this spiritually. We're moralizing something that is amoral and and demoralizing someone who is moral. Mm-hmm. So the the shooter in Texas is an immoral, wicked, evil person, maybe demon possessed. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the uh, about oh about a year ago a shooter came into a church killed two people one of the deacons was carrying a concealed weapon pulled it and shot and killed the killer and stopped the massacre he was moral mm-hmm. it's it's not the gun it's the person that is using the gun it's not the car it's the person who drove drunk right now now we're just talking about ideas of how of of what we want our limit to be as a culture. Yep. One of the things, Jeff, that you know, you mentioned what is spiritual, what's not, what's moral. What one of the things that come to my mind that is a spiritual issue in all of this is how we treat each other about all of this. That's so right. whether it's how we think about the victims, certainly, and that that I have heard. Um, you know, if, if there's folks that lean more on the, you know, uh, wave the banner of the Second Amendment, so to speak, that almost will remove themselves from compassion in these situations because yep. it's it just instantly turns to don't take my guns away. And it's like, no, 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 a tragedy occurred and life was lost. And then, but then secondarily, so there's the how we treat victims, even how we treat the perpetrators' families, the heartbreak that they would be experiencing that their son went and did this heinous thing, and now they're caught in this storm, and then, of course, how we treat each other. Yeah. You know, oh, I can't believe my neighbor thinks this way, the blah, 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 blah. And it's like, wow, wow, wow. All of that is a spiritual issue. As as the Christ follower, I I need to have a Christ-like view of all of this. You said tragedy. I know exactly what you mean. I refuse to use that word. Mm. It's a travesty. Yes. Yep. I, you know, a, a tragedy is uh, somebody slipped and fell. A travesty is you, uh, a evil person attacked yes. babies. Right. Yep. And the teachers who literally were covering these children with their bodies. Yeah. You know, so 
the the Christ follower has to look and say, that is not political. No, it's not. The Christ follower has to look and say, if you have a political view, you have you have the freedom to have. We have a freedom in Christ to not if we function in absolute uniformity, we'd be a cult. Mm-hmm. So we can function in unity and disagree, and political issues are things that we disagree about. You may be you may vote for every tax increase that funds up the parks. I might vote against it. See? And 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 we have to understand that we can agree to disagree. We did not sacrifice morality in that process. That is the evil one deceiving and dividing that moralizes political issues. And this is where I, I'll have when people interact with me about this, they want me to take positions on this. They'll say, Well, Jeff, what about you? Do you have guns? What's your view? And I'm like, my view's unimportant. Well, tell us what you do and what you have. No. I don't tell you how I vote. I don't tell you what I think about taxes. Um, I don't tell you what my views of the drinking law is. I don't tell you uh, what I really think about immigration. I don't. I have opinions. I have thoughts. They're unimportant. Yeah, and by the way, because the truth of Christ is is superior to right. all those things. And and that's how Jesus navigated it. The scripture shows us as believers how to navigate our world regardless of the type of governmental system we find ourselves right, it, in. Jesus was never excited about slavery, for instance. He, Paul, Jesus, through Paul, was saying, if you find yourself in one of those structures, here's how to interact with that. Yeah. Like, it was never about He wasn't condoning thing. the structure. Right. And, and, the, and, and where it came to, like, taxes, he's like, just pay them. Well, we're as Americans, we get to vote on whether we want to pay them or not. Yeah, right. And then if you lose the vote, you pay your taxes. So I, I have all kinds of opinions that are informed that would show up in my voting booth. Those opinions are my opinions that I'm exercising with freedom. That is not morality. Mm-hmm. It's not biblical truth. I don't have an opinion about abortion. There's a truth about abortion. I don't have the. I don't have an opinion about uh, sexual purity. There are truths about sexual purity. I don't have an opinion about um, whether the if the government came in and told me not to proclaim the gospel. I don't have an opinion about that. I will ignore them <laughs> and do it anyways. I have a truth. I have an opinion about uh, environmental laws. Sure. I have an opinion about clean energy. I have an opinion about um, taxes. I have an opinion about our uh, our trade agreement with China. I have an opinion about all those things. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sacrifice my moral authority to engage in that opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's what many Christians do. Guy, guys, listen, I, I, I'm going to, oh, man, I'm glad I'm going to, not be here for, I'm going on vacation, so I'm going to turn off my emails, but I'm sorry, but if you got half as worked up about the murdering of a child as you did the carrying of a gun, if you were half as impassioned about a the infanticide of our country, 
as you were about the uh, how you feel about the Second Amendment, the, 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 we are off base to throw our passions toward that. Have opinions, act in them, but do not conflict the gospel. Do not surrender moral authority. Do not cause disunity within the church over a political opinion. Mm-hmm. This is this is craziness. But that's exactly what happens, and the evil one loves it. Yes, he does. Right? Cain killed Abel with a rock. You know, Peter tried to kill with a sword. Like it is, it is the heart of man. A gun is just another machine that does it, that does another thing. And um, should it be regulated? How should it be regulated? What should the age? I'm like, those are really good questions that we must work out as a culture. Yep. And if if we've decided that this that enough's enough with an AR-15, then culturally we will respond mm-hmm. that enough's enough with an AR-15. The what that godless evil man did with that machine is not in question. What the godless evil man did with the car that he drove into the Christmas parade and killed people and wounded, what he did with that machine is not what the 9 11 terrorists did with a machine, what they did with it is not in question. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely wicked. How we as a culture choose to respond to the availability of those machines, that's something we have to work out. In our culture, we work that out politically. Yeah. Jeff, before we uh, wrap up here, you know, a lot of times we talk in hypotheticals and we talk about lots of what ifs and or even super generic circumstances. But I wonder if you would just close us in prayer yeah. uh, for... Uh, these families and stuff that are yeah. just super affected by this. Jesus, I I do want to ask, Lord, I just think of these children. I want to. It makes me sick to my stomach. Um, I think of these teachers who acted like you, laid their life down, trying to protect. God somehow surround them. Our culture is even mocking those families for turning to faith and turning to hope. And God, uh, just protect them in every way. I pray for the families in Buffalo. These, these dear people just went to the store. <laughs> and the, the wickedness of that attack. And for Philadelphia, and Lord, we could go on and on and on and on. It is a lost and dying world. A child beaten to death in Akron last week. Uh, God, I just, I, we ask that you surround, that you help that you sustain, and that you give us wisdom, Lord. Um, We do want to protect, and we do want to be wise, and those answers are not often clear, and they're usually not as effective as we think they're going to be. So you ultimately have to change the heart. And uh, God, in a country that is, as a nation, has rejected you, and lives in wickedness, and lives uh, in haughtiness before you. God, we're, we, as a culture, we, we're reaping the whirlwind that we have sown. So call us back to you, God. Help us as a nation. 
protect these dear families and help them in a, in a, with an abundant outpouring of your grace. So we love you, Jesus, in your name. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you, Jeff, for walking us through that very tricky topic. Um, if you have questions that you'd like addressed, you can always submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash messages. If we can help you through any of these conversations, we'd love to do that, walk with you person to person. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a church home, uh, a place to come and pray and engage and grow closer and closer to who God is, uh, you can join us on the weekends here at Grace or even online if you're out of the area. Well, thank you very much for sticking with us and jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.